Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am a powerful and dynamic, energetic creator. I hold the positive vibration of love. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're going to go down down the rabbit hole. The wormhole? The rabbit hole today. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. <laughs> down the hole today. Down, up, out, <laughs> around, everywhere. But through the universe. Strap yourself into the space shuttle. We're going to get a bit cosmic for those of you that like cosmic. But this is grounded in, as, as all of our shows are, it's grounded in real world scenarios. And I had a very distressed client come to me a few weeks ago because she was, I mean, she was beside herself because she can feel a presence in her house. She's got a newborn baby. Her husband's not there a lot. She's not hugely spiritual. She's not psychic. She's just an ordinary woman who has to be alone in a scary old house at night and she feels a, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say menacing presence, but it, it made her so uncomfortable. In fact, uncomfortable is not the word. This woman came to me in fear. She came to me for help because she didn't know what to do with having a haunting. She just didn't know. And this is such a, a topic that opens a can of worms and, and it's it's it, it's connected to all my psychic work where people say things to me like, oh, aren't you scared of being taken over by a dark entity or have you seen the exorcist or don't you know you shouldn't be dabbling in that stuff? And then there's all the other stuff like, should I get a priest in with a crucifix? And, like, you know, people don't understand a lot. You know, obviously if you've been listening to this show for a long time, Jane and I stay so much in the light, as we call it. We are so happy and uplifted and high vibrational and positive and love, love, love. But there can be a danger in that when you don't deal enough with the dark because you need to understand the dark as well. It's just yes. as valid. It's the yin and the yang. It's the other end of the spectrum. So I kind of wanted to devote today's episode to talking about what happens when the same as in real life, you sometimes do run into these negative entities, these toxic energies, these heavy lower vibrational things which do exist in the universe with us. Her story is my story. This is actually how I came to be a spiritual person. Oh, really? Yeah, I've not shared this with you. <laughs> right, well, I'm sitting back with a cup of tea. <laughs> Take the floor, Jane. Okay, so my beautiful firstborn baby was about four months old and we had a brand new home that had been, we, we didn't build it, we bought it brand new. And her beautiful room had been ready, you know, from the day I got pregnant. I was having so much fun making her room so beautiful. But she'd been in a little bassinet in our room, in Simon's and my room, up to that point. And it was getting close to the time that I needed to actually put her in her own room, in her own cot. Uh, and that's no judgment on anyone else. That was just what was right for me at the right time for me. Something, it happened at night time where, so it was a home that was, you know, where they build two on one block. Oh, well, international listeners may not know, but in Australia, there's a lot of bulldozing, building two long, semi-attached modern homes. <clears throat> so it's got this long corridor, long passageway. And then there's like an alcove that comes off from it that had her bathroom, her toilet, her bedroom. And then you'd go down further and there'd be another alcove with another set, right? So every time I went down the passage and went past this little group of three rooms, I just had the hairs on the back of my neck going up. I hated it. And it didn't make sense because that bathroom was where Simon used to bath her. So it was a happy place, you know, in the bubble baths and all of that or her having a shower with dad or whatever. 
that it just felt weird. And then as some time went by, a few more weeks went by, it wasn't just at nighttime, it was daytime. I could not stand going near that room. There was something there that bothered me. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I could not put my newborn baby in this room. Now, in those days, I had an entertainment agency and I had a lovely lady that worked with me uh, for me as a palm reader. She'd go out to corporate shows and, you know, it was a bit of a party trick. I did believe in this stuff. I had a set of some sort of tarot cards in the house, but I didn't hadn't really explored much about it. And so I didn't really know what to do. So I spoke to her and she said, okay, Jane, this doesn't sound good. She was getting on a plane to go to Europe for six weeks, like two hours after my phone call. I can't help you. What I want you to do is ring Rabbi such and such. And she gave me the name of some rabbi. Now, I had just started exploring a new church. So there was a desire to want to connect to something. And I had found this lovely, beautiful Anglican church at Glenelg. And I decided to speak to the priest there. So I rang him up and I said, I don't know what to do. I sort of found your church. I haven't been to your service yet, but I've got this beautiful newborn baby and I I can't put her in her room because there's something haunted in my house. I don't know what it is. It's horrible. And then burst into tears. Well, bless this absolutely beautiful man. The first thing he says is, now, darling, have you got enough food in your fridge? Is there anything we can get you clothing-wise? Do you need anything for the baby? And he went immediately into the, the basics of life. Can we help with any of that first? Charity. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. So I went, no, 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 we're fine. And he said, okay. He said, all right, well, we can do a blessing at the house for you. And I said, look, I've been told to contact this rabbi. And he actually knew this rabbi. Oh. And he said, yeah, this rabbi does clearance. So you see, the churches all know all about this stuff. They Why do, do you it? think they have all their insects pumping through their churches? All the know? time. These people are trotting off to do exorcisms. Yes. It's happening way more than you realize in suburban Absolutely. life. I was shocked at how all these different denominations all knew the key, key people in every single denomination. They all worked together to clear the darkness. Anyway, got touching with this rabbi who was overseas. So anyway, various information came to me and I got told to leave the light on 24-7, to put fresh flowers in every day, to put a Bible in, a crucifix in, a crystal in, and to play beautiful spiritual music on a CD on repeat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, 48 hours after doing that, there was nothing there. Really? Nothing. Now, I've got so much more wisdom. I can explain this all now, but I couldn't then. All I knew was what I was feeling, and it was beautiful, and I was able to put my beautiful baby girl in there. That then led me on the path of really trusting and connecting with this particular priest, and I went on a journey of, of studying all sorts of different religions, etc. So it was beautiful. So I had exactly the same fear, which then led me to becoming my own ghostbuster. Yeah. So I've done three house clearings, um, and I would have, I'd do plenty more. It's just people haven't approached me on it. And I love it. Mm. I absolutely love doing it. So let's let's talk to people a little bit about house clearings. And I, I've done some too. Often people will, will just yeah say to me, just just stand here on this doorstep and tell me what you get, or come into this space, come into this room. Do you send something here? And I'll say, yeah, it's an old man. They'll be like, I knew it. I told my husband it's an old man. I could feel it as well. You know that kind yes. of thing, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's interesting because I've also heard stories though about 
you know, psychics, for example, that go down to the old Adelaide jail and they say... Um, which I is, ran an event there. Mm. I ran an, uh, once and once only and I had to do the lock-up by myself. The only person that was there was the night watchman and he was 300 metres away. I had lights going on and off. This was in the where the hangings occurred. I've got goosebumps all over me telling you. I mean, look, that was the most horrible. There are places. Oh. This, this, there's so many directions I want to talk oh, in. I've got to try and stick to the theme. Yes, sorry. Um, so, like, when there are places which are just extremely haunted places. We're talking jails. We're talking horrible orphanages where abuses occurred. You know, where there's been a lot of layering of terrible activity. At Gadajita. Gadajita, where there's been murders or genocides. But yeah. there are places like that. Especially places that for whatever reason are on a particular meridian or ley line, they've almost got a bit of a vortex suck in them energetically where dark things magnetize and attract and or there's a dankness, maybe they're near a water source or a stream or they're just cold and moldy. And those kinds of environments just seem to photograph memory. So they actually hold, you know, if you've had someone say in solitary confinement, absolutely miserable, feeling a very particular emotion, that emotion can be photographed into the atmosphere and anyone who walks into that space for the next 500 years might sense that emotion that's still lingering in the yeah, air. Yeah, I call it an energetic imprint. Right, imprints. Um, and, so and I've there's those um, oh, and there's imprints. Yes. It, what, what, what's the, um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It's a concentration camp in Germany. Uh, Dachau. Dachau. Mm. And and there, I was very aware of the energetic imprint. imprint that's right. I mean, but they're two different things. They so are. One is an, and we an emotional energy layering mm. of deep sadness, trauma, tragedy. Yes, which is something that look you can work at clearing it. You know, and I guess it's you know how powerful are you? Just keep layering it, layering it, layering it. You know, love is always more stronger than fear. Yeah, so you can do it. But it's it's a different method, isn't it, to yeah, a ghost? to an actual ghost. So back to Dachau, I mean, you hear stories about people that go to sometimes these sites on tours or whatever, and I've heard of one girl, her hair turned white just going in there. because Wow. Of, she she must have been a, a high HSP and she just yes. picked up the complete trauma yeah. and the shock of it. Oh, look, I just, I really, really felt sick after I wanted to come out of that. In fact, I think if I visited now, I'd probably vomit. Yeah. I didn't then. I, I don't think my sensitivity was as, you know, there are times as HSPs that you actually – have more sensitivity than others. Yeah. But I could smell the gas. Now, my father and brother are both scientists and both industrial chemists, and they're saying not possible. And I'm saying possible, absolutely possible. I'm telling you I smelt it. Oh, it's psychosomatic, Jane. Whatever, doesn't matter, I smelt it. Yeah, for sure. It's the same way when people do beautiful channelings and bring in the angels, they often say, I smell roses. Or they'll say, I smell the, yes. the smoke of my grandfather's cigar. Yes, you when know? you wake up in the middle of the night and there's an unusual smell, I've actually woken up in the middle of the night with a smell of like burnt toast. Right. And I've gone, what is that? And then I've gone walking through my home, which is actually quite large, and there's, and then I'll actually find that something was left on that shouldn't have been left on or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that the other side can communicate to let you know. sent yeah. to us to give us a message. We digress. So Sorry, what I was going to say about the Adelaide Jail was I remember hearing a story about a psychic and she went in there. It's a very haunted place here where Jane and I live. And she was all very cocky, you know. Oh, you know, I this place will be rid of spirits by the time I'm done. You know, I'll get them all out tonight. And so she went in, she did her clearing, she did her, you know, chanting, rah-rah rituals, whatever. She left. And the people in, who worked at the jail said that night was the busiest, loudest night ever. The poltergeists were on fire, doors were banging. It's like the spirits were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you good can't. on you, sweetie. And so now, now why am I telling people this? Because I want to talk about house clearings in, in detail. 
sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work because ghosts are just like people. They're effing stubborn, you know, and they are very, very attached for their own reasons. You can't necessarily just move them on. Yes, there's the whole thing where you can go in and try and get them back to the light and all of that, but if they don't want to go, it's just like dealing with your stubborn mother-in-law. If she doesn't want to do something, she ain't going to do it. Yes, and then I guess there's two sides there, isn't there, because you've got the stubborn person who's actually not a fear-based ghost that is going to stay put regardless of how beautiful you make your home. Yeah. But then there are those that are fear-based, and if you make your home a beautiful high vibration, yes. they actually don't want to stay. Now, this was And the then advice. the poor old neighbour next door cops it instead. They go move somewhere else Well, yeah. or wherever they go. This was the advice I actually gave to my client was about that she needs to really work at lifting the energy in her house. Now, this leads me to a very important point that I want people to understand, particularly about with what we seem to understand about poltergeists. Poltergeists statistically are heavily linked to teenagers in the house. If you've got adolescents in the house, what, what is an adolescent? Somebody in puberty, their their body's been charged with hormones, with chemicals, they're grumpy, they're sometimes aggressive, they grunt, they slam doors, they have arguments, they they sometimes smoke pot, they hide things in their room like cigarettes or drugs, you know, they're masturbating, they're getting often into these, you know, they listen to death metal or thrash music, particularly the boys, you know, they're getting into these sort of denser, darker, danker energies, and the entities love it. So poltergeist it's also, if teenagers have a lot of bottled up emotions that are just bursting to come out of them and they can't express them in the family or mum and dad aren't there or listening and they're full of all this emotional rage or whatever, where do they put that energy? Well, maybe the poltergeist is an extension of that energy bursting out of their body or maybe it's a separate spirit that comes in to mirror it. Who knows? But there's this idea, an extension of this idea. And as I was saying to, to my client the other day is, look, if you're tired and stressed, your baby has colic, she's screaming all night, your husband's not there, you're not feeling supported, you're always in tears, you're depressed, of course you're going to attract in an entity that loves to be in that energy. They do. They're like leeches. They come in, they go, oh, look, lovely spot here, nice and dark and sticky. I'm going to crawl in here and live here and feast off this like parasites do. And that's why when Jane's talking about bring in beautiful music, bring in candles, burn oils, burn incense, bring in charms, bring in mandalas and talismans, sprinkle salt on the floor. I know this stuff sounds kooky i know it sounds like shit out of movies like how could that stuff you know put crystals here bring in garlic for vampires it sounds mental but it's used with good reason it's been used for centuries by people because it actually works it's worked don't ask us why science hasn't caught up with this yet i don't expect scientists to waste their time figuring out why i think that i could go close to explaining so we know that for example positive words if you do a wave recording on a computer and you're recording your voice and you say uplifting words, they are going to have a much higher bandwidth of words. If you use negative words, they actually have a lower bandwidth. So we already know that positivity actually creates greater amounts of energy. We've looked at Dr. Emoto's work. We've looked at Dr. Darren Wiesman's. So we've had it done on blood. We've had it done on water. The same thing happens. Everything is energy. Everything is emitting a vibration. So when you bring in beautiful fresh flowers from your garden, that is a very high vibration. When you put in beautiful crystals that have been grown in the most miraculous ways in Mother Earth, that emits a high vibration. When you are playing music that has got beautiful, gorgeous, constructed instruments that are flowing beautifully with with or without words, but if the words are loving, it emits a high vibration. 
the intent behind the words within the Bible or any holy book has a high vibration. Anything that is symbolic that you've projected energy towards, such as a crucifix or um, what's some Wiccan things? Pep? Oh, um, like people bring in things. Even you know, I'm thinking of the Asian cultures, how they always put feng shui I've got them on my door by here. the doors. Now, we've currently got 30 housebreaks have occurred within a one-kilometre radius of my house which we've all been letterbox dropped, really charming, really nice, great. Who's not sleeping at night? Lots of the mums in this area. Who's sleeping at night? Jane. I've got Archangel Michael and I've got these really weird symbols yeah. that have been on the, each of my doors, which if anyone wants, I'll take a photo, email me and I'll take a photo and send it to you so you can get it from a Chinese shop. I swear it works. But all of those things have got intent. They raise a vibration. They do. So therefore, as you said, the yucky lower energies that's wanting to feel feed off of fear, are not getting their food. Yeah. So they actually are starving now. They're going, hang on, I'm not getting what I, I need here. So they actually go, well, I need to eat and I need to eat fear, so I've got to go find something else that's fearful. But these are the basic principles of feng shui, actually. I think there's a lot you can draw from, you know, feng shui if you want to lighten or lift a room. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, even if there's a room that's just getting a bit dense, if you flip the mattress, get fresh sheets, open the window, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be haunted for you to raise the energy. Or, or You know, if you've ever walked into a space, like I came in today and just walked into Jane's office, she's just completely redone her office. And it was like, ah, oh, it was like stepping into this, beautiful aura of energy because everything's clean, orderly, decluttered, freshened, new. Like it just Well, you know when you spring clean in your home, I know whatever room I've done, suddenly the family want to sit in. They all want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what all the dog does. Um, yeah. Absolutely, which that does work. No, I've just lost and, my train of But likewise, it's about staying out of environments. Like, you know, look, in the 90s, I was in a lot of mosh pits. But I have heard energetically and spiritually, it's not really a place you want to hang. Where are, where are entities going to want to go? They, they want to go where people are hitting each other, jumping up and down, sweating, bellowing, alcohol, drugs, like, you know, these kinds of places. They do attract like magnets. So I want to talk about well, saging. Can I just say, yes. just before you get into that, yes. as further evidence of vibration of what is attracting a higher or lower one is that isn't it often where somebody will say, I just sense there's this this ghost or this entity or this energy that's in my home. And where is it? It's in the dark toilet. Yeah. It's in the toilet. Now, the, it was in my baby's room, but that room had never been used. It had never had any energy in it except stored boxes of junk that hadn't been touched for two or three years. That's right. So you'll find that they'll often be where it is dead energy so you just need to spring your energy up move your furniture around get rid of that box of old newspapers that's been sitting in that corner get rid of it yes and i just want to say on this note i don't want people to feel guilty or like that they've called it in if there's a ghost in the house because let's be clear about this i mean particularly okay so in this country with the indigenous people and all the things that happened on this soil long before we got here we are so often building over sites that we have no idea of the energy layers that we're that we're and or let's say 120 years ago there was a market garden there and there was a family that came out from germany and there was a grumpy old man that used to beat his children with a belt or something and that was where you know that was and then that got raised and then something else got put there then that got raised and then in the 60s they built you know fibro houses there and you just happened to be in one of those houses and you're going why is this particular room in the house so awful it's because of something from so long ago lay it on else something from so long ago it's 
it's not necessarily it's not about the individual. I love that you've said that. It's not necessarily because you've come in in a bad mood and you've attracted it all in. Like having said that, there's a new one that's been hanging around our house for the last six months. Oh, I, mean, really? I didn't know about the teenage kids, and I've gone right. But it hasn't bothered me, and they don't know about it, so it doesn't matter. But this is the thing, my, my poor client, because I was saying to her, listen, I live in an 1860s stone cottage. Now, I know if anyone is listening in England, they'll be like, we've got houses here from the you know, 1320s or whatever. But, you know, in for Australia, for Australia, that's 20 years after the first person got off a boat from England in, in South Australia. So white person. White, white, white person. person got off a boat, yeah. So, I mean, my cottage was stone hewn by hand you can see the tool marks chipped down the sides of the stones that were used to make my house is it haunted of course it's bloody haunted i've met so many inhabitants inside my house of families who lived there in the 1860s and people have come to my house and seen all kinds of things i was telling my client this and she just looks at me and she says but aren't you scared i said no not at all now, why aren't I scared? Well, probably because I'm a psychic, so it's my job to talk to the other side every single day. So I've done enough of it now that it doesn't scare me. But as I've said before on this show, when dealing with the other side, you really need to understand that they really are no different to people in the sense yes. that, you know, I don't go out and make friends with serial killers, pedophiles, axe murderers and rapists, but Okay, that's extreme. I also don't allow in toxic friendships into my life. I don't allow in time wasters, drop kicks. You know, this might sound harsh, but it's I don't because of self-worth and boundaries and what I allow for myself and what I don't. And that creates a very clear message vibrationally to the universe about what this person will and will not accept. When it comes to the other side, let's say I'm channeling for someone, there's no danger that I'm going to call in, you know, Lucifer or any of his team of uglies, you know, because first of all, I'm not remotely interested in anything any of them have to say. But beyond that, I'm not going in with a vibration I was in, say, you're not in a that match. spectrum. You're actually just not a match. I'm, I'm actually probably considered really boring. To, to that crew because mm-hmm. I'm untouchable because I've just – my back's turned to them all the time. I'm not even listening. So I always am going in with the highest intent, the highest vibration, the highest love, and I just operate from that place, which as what Jane and I are saying, like this is how you, you can run your life. This isn't just, this isn't just oh, this is what happens in the spiritual realm. So run your house that way. Run your relationships that way. And if you have ghosts around, realize there's a bit of power play going on here. They – some ghosts and tricksy spirits get a kick out of frightening you. Hold a guy's bang a drawer, twit, twit, you know, flicker a light or jump out at you or, you know, things like that. They will sometimes because they're tricksy. Like fairies and leprechauns, they're tricksy. They like doing tricks. They used to say in the olden days, if you can't open a door, it's because an elf's gone around the other side and like, you know, Jimmy the lock. <laughs> stuff like that, you know. And so how are you going to approach this? If there's a, if there's a heavy energy lurking around your house, why don't you just try walking past it and going, bugger off, not interested, take it somewhere else. You know, you can actually have almost a bit of fun with it. I remember a, a girl telling me years ago, and she was only, she was very young, very spiritual. She must have been 16. And there was a ghost that used to open and close the gate for her when she'd walk through in the morning to go to school. And she'd say, thank you. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Beautiful. And it it is a very simple process too that you can try. I mean, that look, the chances I believe the majority of ghosts, the vast majority, if you are not living in an Adelaide jail, if you're not conducting your home in a really dark, 
which none of our listeners are, but no. you might know people who are that are that come to you for wisdom and help. But if you're living a normal life in a normal family in a normal area, then the chances are these are people that actually are kind of stuck and they have attached themselves to a premises. And you can remind them of so much more to life than where they are currently living. So it is a really beautiful exercise. And you just try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, doesn't matter. You try something else. Yeah. But one of the places to start, I think, is with love. And that is to thank them first off because I love that Beck describes, you know, this amazing home that she has. It's stunning. She always says that she is the custodian of it. Because I don't own it. This house is, the keys have been handed to me for this chapter and somebody else will get the keys in another chapter. Now, when she says she doesn't own it, she has paid money to a bank to purchase or to people to purchase in a modern day way the home, but she doesn't feel she's permanently attached to it. I love that. So the people that are, the, the, the ghosts that are hanging around are likely to have had some sort of really amazing experience in this home or really tragic experience in this home. And there's an attachment, an emotional attachment, just like we have as humans. Mm. They have the same. They're attached to this premises. And so often you can explain to them that, you know, you're so grateful that they have allowed you to be in their beautiful home and that you're caring for it and it's lovely. Thank them for the beautiful home that they've gifted to you. Compassion. Have compassion Absolutely. Ask them, you know, uh, and then I actually then suggest that you remind them that everything that has gone before them of, you know, the people that they have loved that are no longer here because they will actually get really annoyed at being ignored. They actually often don't understand that you can't see them and they're carrying on and they and you're ignoring them. But sometimes it's like that Nicole Kidman movie, The Others, where the ghosts don't realise they are ghosts. It's like pets. That's what I'm saying. Pets they don't, don't realise it. They think they're human. Yes. They don't know that they're a ghost. And and I actually find that's actually, I believe, reasonably common. And that's where you very gently with kindness and compassion, you talk about the people that they've lost that are no longer here, that have gone to the other side and say, you know, they're all waiting for you and they're missing you dreadfully. And if you can, I've got goosebumps all over me as I'm doing Let's this. Let's hope this helps someone. If you can do this with such love and connection and respect and gentleness, to this beautiful person and then ask them if they can see the light and then ask them if they're ready. Say to them that you will take such beautiful care of their home, of their garden, of of the energy of the place and tell them that they are welcome to visit, that they are completely welcome to visit, but that there are loved ones that are waiting for them and can they step into the light. Yes. And you will honestly find when you do that that suddenly you start crying because and you're not feeling sad, but the tears are just rolling because you've connected that they are saying goodbye. Yeah. And then you just suddenly find everything feels really peaceful. And then you go around and you bless the, the house and you can talk about sage and things like that. And yeah. Take. yeah. So that's a very simple thing to try. Mm. And all you have to do is speak from your heart. Yeah. There's no way that you can muck this up. You can't do anything wrong if you are speaking from love and kindness. Yeah. See, I mean... If you do have a dank space in the house that's a bit yuck, here's a challenge. Why don't you go and set up a meditation altar in that exact space and start doing your meditation there and just see what happens? <laughs> You'll be making them feel very uncomfortable. And you go in, you call in your angels, you, you ask for the angels to come in, surround that space, Archangel Michael, the protector angels and all of that, light your candles, bring in your crystals and oils and... 
just om. <laughs> exactly. But repeatedly, you've got to layer it. You've got to keep layering the experience, not just one. Yes, because it's the energy. Off. You continue to project the positive, loving energy over and over and over and over again. Do you know about right. sage? So sage is the be-all and end-all of cleansing tools. Every every good practicing witch slash spiritual person slash HSP should have in their emergency spiritual glove box kit um, a bunch of dried sage, which you can pick up at any health food store or mind, body, spirit type get up. And basically, oh, you can grow it in your garden and hang it upside down and dry it if you're a real herbalist. Um, you take a bunch of sage, you light it with a match and really, really Thick, beautiful smoke will start to billow out of it. Now, if you look at all You don't the- have to worry about big flames or anything like this that you're causing a fire because if you buy the ones from the shops, they're really densely packed. That's right. Very it's, dense. There so are no flames. Only smoke. It's there's just- no there's no um flame. Yeah. It's a smoke stick. Like all the indigenous cultures, you smoke. know that they always cleanse mm. with smoke. That's right. So you want to take your sage and you want to take it all around the house and wave it, you know, into the corners, along the beds, around the window frame edges and all of this sort of thing. And when you're when you're using smoke, watch stand still for a minute. If you go into one of the yuckier parts of your house, place that you be, you think is haunted, stand still Hold the smudge stick and watch how oh, the yes. smoke goes up to the ceiling because if the energy is very light and beautiful, it will flow very fast and very quickly upwards. If the energy is heavy and dense, the smoke will come out like like blood clots. Like I've watched it blood. change directions and all um, of that, and uh, uh, which of course, is fascinating. There's a whole other spin-off divination method where, of course, you see messages in the smoke and you can read pictures and, and fortune tell through you know the patterns in the smoke. So smoke smoke is a whole art in itself, right? But you want you want to be using the smoke as a barometer as to how clean or clear the room is. So when the smoke starts to move quickly and cleanly and thinly straight up to the ceiling you know that you're really starting to cleanse that space. Okay, so you can you can use it as a yardstick. Um, I want to tell it, oh, Jane, we're at the end of the half hour. Can we go 10 more minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, because I just really want to tell a story, which is that there came a time when I had to live alone on this three-acre really old property. And, you know, single mum living alone, I sort of thought to myself, well, I would like a bit of protection. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm up in the Adelaide Hills, so, you know, there's – gum forests for miles and it's it's if anyone's seen Wolf Creek you know <laughs> it's sort of a, it, it can get a little bit creepy up there neighbors you know tucked away and hidden so every night when I went to bed I would lie in my bed and I would in my mind imagine sweeping around the boundary line of the property and I would imagine um it's a similar thing that I got taught years ago when I was in the corporate world and I had a, a vampire, like an energy vampire boss that used to harass me. And I'd go into the toilets or in the morning before actually I'd go to work, I would draw a circle around myself where you start it and you have to make sure that you, you close it up, you seal up, you've got to finish exactly where the circle begins and ends. So you draw an imaginary line, say, from your head all the way down. You actually step your feet up and into it and then you, you, you draw it all the way back up to the top and seal it in and then you're in this protective bubble. So I started, I've done it the other way too. I've done it where you put your finger out in front of you. And then you turn around in a circle. Okay. And so you're doing it horizontal Not instead yet. of vertical. And I've found that's. And do you worked. know that I had a professional soccer player tell me the other day that at the start of every match when they had to go up and shake hands with the opposition, 
he would unzip them. Do you know about unzipping? No. It's very naughty. Well, it's not oh, naughty. Oh, tell it's, me. It's, it's basically if you go up to someone and put your finger in space above their head and drag it down their body, you've, you've opened them up energetically and vulnerably. If you want to seal them up again, you, you pull your finger back up and zip them up. He was very, very subtly shaking their hand with one hand and running his other hand just kind of across their body with the other. And he said the only time he forgot to do it, that guy was caning him. He managed to get close enough to him, unzip him, and, he, and it stopped. <gasps> and that's a top soccer player. Yeah, professional soccer player told me this. Isn't isn't that cool? I know. So anyway, so back to Rebecca lying in bed. So I'm doing this in a huge sweeping scale across a big three-acre property in my mind, and I'm going all the way around. And, in, and I'm telling you this because I want you guys to maybe think about you can do this at home for yourselves as well because I also then put in at the front gates and then some other vulnerable areas where there were side doors or back gates or whatever, you, you stand two um, guards. You can imagine big ninjas ah. or big muscled, you know, bodyguards or, you know, whatever. You can have fun with that. <laughs> Vikings, just put them in. So, and and then I, I sort of got two gates because you've kind of got the driveway and then you've got the, the, the innermost gate to the innermost sanctuary of the house. So I sort of had the outside guards and then I had the inner guards. And on the inner gate, I had sort of a spell put there that said, the only people who are allowed to cross this point are either the ones I have I have invited in or are here for my best and highest good Beautiful. with unconditional love, right? So, you know, for example, if somebody gets lost and they need to come in and use the phone, if, as long as they're here with the highest intention, they can come through that gate. They can walk through that gate for a stranger. Um, <clears throat> so I did all that quite a few times and I felt quite happy with it. One night at 2am, my dog started growling like crazy from inside the house, which he never does. So I didn't really know what that was about. I just put it down to possums, koalas, you know, name an Australian marsupial, I have them. Um, anyway, in the morning when I got up, I went out to the back of my house, which is a sort of a separate sealed-off area. No windows were open, no doors were open, everything was locked, and on the floor were koala droppings. Oh, Do you remember this story, Jane? Yes. And I thought to myself, oh, God, one has gotten in somehow, I'm going to have to call the park ranger to come and remove it because for those who don't live in Australia – Koalas oh. might look adorable, but they have claws like you would not believe. Like they will scratch they your can face off. You. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to remove this animal from my house. Like, what am I going to do? Looked everywhere. There was no koala in my house. And yet, how had it gotten in and out with locked doors and windows and koala droppings on the floor? I'd go around with a tissue and pick them all up and put them in the toilet. Like koala droppings everywhere. Um, later, I caught up with a psychic friend and I said, you know, I have this really weird thing the other night where I found these animal droppings but there was no way an animal had visibly gotten in or out of my house she she tuned in and she said ah she said you've had an aboriginal man come and visit you she said have you been protecting your property and I said yes and she said well you missed a bit he's come to help <laughs> oh yeah. beautiful she, you have shared that with yeah. me before and I've forgotten the she inclusion said, there inhabitants of this part of the land, the Patunk people in the Adelaide Hills, one of them's come in and he's dressed in the skins of the koala. He's channeling the totem animal of the koala and he's come in and he's done a bit of an extra incantation on the property to help you seal those boundary lines. Jane's got goosebumps. I've had goosebumps this whole episode. <laughs> and isn't that just such a really beautiful story? And you know, I feel so safe up there and people come up. I've had young men come up and look around and say, aren't you scared living here? Because they're a bit scared. I had one boy say to me, can you walk me to my car? <laughs> and, like, and I never, never feel scared. I don't there. feel scared anywhere. 
I really don't. And this is the power of what Jane and I want to talk to you about today is you really mustn't go into these things. Like when you hear these terrible stories in America that they always make movies out of, like, you know, the most haunted house in America or the Amityville horror or the whatever murders or, you know, Britain's full of them, all those mansions that, you know, are haunted. And you hear of like people discovering basements with things scratched on the walls and blood and, you know, dead pigs and all just weird, horrible sort of stuff. I tend to think that the people who really get into that level of horror, it actually says more about the person than the spirit. Do you want to say something there, Jane, and then I'll say something there? Look, I just feel I want to remind everybody of what massively powerful, energetic creators we each are. We are so powerful beyond our imagination. And if you can really start to embrace that belief, that true belief, you use your energy from love you can take on anything, anything. That's all I've got to say. Because this is the basis. If you look at, for example, martial arts, well, it might be kicking and punching and hitting and self-defense, but what is it really? It's holding energy in the body and pushing and pulling it outward to an opponent and back again. Now, you look at the Kung Fu monks in the temples in China, they're energy masters. You look at movies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where they're actually flying through the air, it's to actually show you how the energy is pushing and pulling between the fighters. It's Tai Chi sped up, right? So we are all masters of energy. Nothing is in control of you, be it alive or dead, unless you allow it to be so, okay? This is a very important distinction. It's like good old Eleanor Roosevelt saying, nobody can ever, um, what's the word she used? Um, you know, make you upset without your permission or whatever. And it's it's the same as it's the power play of, of energy. Yes. So a ghost cannot harm you. Look, you hear stories where people say, I woke up and I was scratched all over and there was blood in the bed and my back was scratched or I got hit. I've been down in Tasmania, which is incredibly haunted, and people have said, you know, there's a nasty ghost that didn't like women that used to throw things at them in the toilets or slam doors into them and stuff. But it wouldn't slam, it wouldn't do that to me. It just wouldn't. And this is my point. Because I'm not a match for it. I actually see them as being repulsed by me. They actually look at me and I think I'm this big thing of white light and they actually look and go, ooh, and run away. Boring. Yeah, exactly. Time they waste. go, yuck, and yeah. off they've gone. Yeah. Uh, they're just, I'm not what they want. So in it's only been a few times in the 10 years I've been doing this that I've come across people with really dark, scary stories, but in each instance I've been able to look at the individual and say, you have a lot of crap going on. I'm not saying nothing you've said is true. You may have attracted in this Freddy Krueger type person who stands at the foot of your bed and follows you around and you may have woken up with scratches and blood all down your arm, but it's a lot of it, believe it or not, I know this sounds harsh, has to do with attention and drama. It really, really does. Some people just... They live dramatic, toxic lives, you know, both in the real world sense and maybe dipping across to the other world sense. They, they'll they attract in drama no matter which realm they attract it in from. They will attract it. They go looking for it. They want sympathy for it. I've had people call me up and be like, oh, I've got this haunting or I've got this ghost or I've got this or I've got that, and they just talk nonstop for 45 minutes about all of their dramas. And finally I get a word in edgewise and I say, 
what do you want to happen? What do you want to do about it? And they actually don't really want something to be done about it because this is they their story. They want validation from you that, yes, that is happening. Well, no, but they want they want the drama. They don't mm. want to fix it because then they don't have a story to tell and mm. they won't have a poor me or a victim or a something. You know, it's just another extension yeah. of playing the victim, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, do you want to say anything more on this topic today, Jane? Have you got any more stories? Just, oh, I've got loads, but I feel like it's just repeating the same sort of stories. You can also confuse ghosts with a human's bad energy. So if you've had something, like, for example, I had a friend whose home was broken into oh. and she just said after that she couldn't sleep at night, but then she started sleeping at night. But she said, it just doesn't feel right, Jane. And she said, do you think I've got a ghost? And I said, no, you've got residual energy from having very low vibrational people in your home, which she would not normally have. She wouldn't invite them into her home. Right. So hence the same things apply there. You do the same sort of rituals and cleansing to raise the vibration and clear the energy. So it is about remembering or just having a look at is it residual energy or is this energy from some sort of entity or ghost? Yeah. But apply the same things and don't have any fear. You cannot make it worse. You can't make mistakes. if you're Coming from love and you're doing everything beautiful, everything will be fine. I mean, to that end, a bit of an extension of what we're talking about, there was, and I forget if I've shared this story on Love Life or not, but it was only about a month ago. I went out for some drinks on a Friday night and it was, you know, it was to a very nice wine bar in the city. It was all very nice. I was dressed up with a girlfriend. And before I went out that night, I did my usual, dear spirit guys, please protect me. But, you know, I guess I probably meant physically because when you're a single lady and you're walking around town at night, of course you're going to ask for the angels to just stay with you and make sure nothing creepy happens or anything like that, you know. However, I realised I did not ask for mental, emotional or spiritual protection. Ah. And I went out, and I'm not going to tell this whole story, I'll say it for another time, but I ended up in a quite emotionally violent argument with a very suave, very well-dressed professional man who was absolutely repulsed and disgusted by the fact that I was psychic. And I he wanted to string you up and hang you. He was he's probably bloody reincarnation from the Spanish Inquisition this one because he basically was trying to send me the witch out of the village. He he didn't want a bar of it. And but to the point where he was like genuinely repulsed by me. This wasn't just an intellectual banter about, oh, okay, your view, my view, let's just agree to yeah. disagree. And, you know, of course I could have got up, gotten up and walked away and, you know what, in the future, of course, I think I will, I would, but I needed to have this experience because he and I both met our worst fears on each other that night. The reason I'm telling you this story is because when I got home, being obviously a sensitive person and all of that, I would I would attribute the experience to being something like, an energetic rape. I felt the same as I would imagine, and this, God bless, has never happened to me, touch wood. I've never been hit or bashed up, you know, beat black and blue. But there's been two times in my life I've undergone, I've been a verbal punching bag, and both times I felt like I had actually been punched multiple times. And when I got home that night, I curled up on the floor and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because I felt I felt exactly like any victim of shock or trauma or, or assault or attack feels. And it was it was unbelievable. And I had to do about seven clearings on myself to get his energy out of my auric and energetic layers. Can you layers. just explain how you did your clearings? So I, 
I had to go and sit at, I went and sat at my altar and basically I just did a version a bit like what Jane was saying before where you just call in the highest vibrational beings, your spirit guides, angels, any, you know, beings from the highest realms that have your best and highest good in intention. intention. And I just asked them to rinse me off. I asked them to shower me with white light. I asked them to cut cords. And I just asked, I just, I meditated to try and bring my own energy up a bit higher, out, up out of the mud of where I'd been in that lower vibrational mm-hmm. experience. I just tried to bring my bliss factor up higher. Um, but I, I'm telling you, I had to do that quite a few times. I, I'd sort of do it and then I'd get a big shiver come over my body and I'd shake it off. And then I'd sit for a minute and then I'd go and do it again. And then I'd do another big shiver and I'd shake it off. And then there'd be more cords because people who do cord cutting, which means it's usually when you've been intimate with someone or it's a family member or a loved one or whatever that you, you kind of have this energetic cord or it can be between you and uh, an arch nemesis or an, an energy vampire, a bully. There's like a cord between you and that person. And if you really want to get rid of them, you can do it physically and mentally and emotionally. But until you've really cut that cord, you, you may still be in some way still attached and pushed and pulled around by them energetically. So you want to bring in Archangel Michael with a big pair of golden scissors and snip that cord or whatever feels right for you. Sometimes I use samurai swords and I imagine two of them crossing over like, like I do that with Archangel Michael. Yeah. With one great big sword. A big guillotine or yeah. I, sometimes I imagine swords cutting all around my body and under my feet and across the top of my head and down the sides and everywhere. Wherever you feel, sometimes it's like you, you have to unplug it, like pull it out of your chest or your heart or your stomach if it's plugged in there. Um, you can go to someone who does psychic surgery or energy healing chakra balancings and auric cleansings who can do this kind of work for you as well but of course you can do it on yourself with intention and that's why we're bringing it to your attention yeah so really remind yourself that when you are calling in for protection that you want to be calling in not just for the physical Mm. but for your emotional and and spiritual and intellectual well-being and at the same time remember that that you know this is all about energy and so if you've kept if you've ended up with an a negative energetic imprint that's been left on you from someone else, use Beck's tools to, to clear it. I am a powerful and dynamic energetic creator. I hold the positive vibration of love. I hope this wasn't too much for you all today. <laughs> I hope it's, I genuinely hope it's helped and it hasn't, hasn't put any fear in. I really do. No, it's not nothing to be feared. If it has, you better quickly email us, get in touch with us, and we will help you. Because we will sort you out. That's it, because there is nothing to be feared. You are more powerful than you believe. If you would like a session at any time of life coaching or love coaching with Jane, it's your website? Uh, janedonovan.com.au. If you want a psychic session, past life regression, or just emotional intuitive counseling session with me, rebeccadetman.com. Of course, we're on the wellnesscouch.com. That's our base. That's our HQ. You'll find all of our shows there. Go back to the archive. Sometimes it's good to re-listen or to just, if you're new to the show, go back. We've got over a hundred episodes for you to go and comb through. So make sure that there might be, you know, something that just jumps out at you or resonates with you at this point in your life that you really need to hear. Go back and have a look. We're on iTunes as well. And thank you so much for leaving your reviews for us on iTunes. That really helps to spread the word and help to bring more and more people to this tribe because together we are changing the world. And until this time next week, have a gorgeous week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.